Hello, my name is Chris Chai, and you are listening to Launch Bike, coming to you live from NUS Radio Power Studios on Friday, June 28, 2013. With me is my regular co-host, Brian Lee. Hello. And we here at Launch Bike talk about news that we think are relevant to the tech community in Singapore and discuss the local tech startup scene. Today, we are talking about Instagram versus Vine, iTunes Radio versus Pandora, and our favorite to-do list and how we get things done. So, why don't we get things started by asking, how have you been, Brian? Oh, uh, been a busy week for me. Uh, interesting thing is, uh, I did a revamp on my app, which is the Bong Jake Go Wear. Uh, so, uh, I made it optimized for iPhone 5 and uh, shared some users from the old biking groups. Uh, some of them are using... Um, Pretty good experience. Uh, get to receive a lot of feedback, both good and bad. Uh, uh, treat it like a learning process. In, in fact, I feel uh, I'm very excited when people start to use my app because I created something and someone is using it. Anyway, by the way, what was your first app? Um, well, my first app was... A couple of years ago, I guess it was a, a app for Lexus in the Lexus showroom. So um, it was an iPad app, like when the iPad two first came out. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I was lucky in that there were guidelines for what to do and uh, exactly what they wanted from the client. So it was a bit easier to figure out like how to put things together. Um, feedback, of course, was a huge part of making it better. Uh, and yeah, you know. There were a lot of learning experiences because it was my first uh, iOS application as well. Uh huh. So yeah, it was definitely a learning experience, and definitely you had to take the feedback, which sometimes was painful. Yeah, but you learn, you learn, and you get better. So that's the uh-huh. whole point of feedback, right? To get better. So your first app is actually a, a, a real project out to a client. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Turned out pretty well. It was kind of simple. It was just really to showcase their um, LFA series of cars. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, it was fun. Just Can I still get design. to see them uh, at the Alexander showroom now? Uh, yes, I believe the stand is still up there. I am not sure whether or not they've taken it down since it was maybe about, I think, two years ago that they launched the series. So, yeah, they probably cycled out to something new. Oh, it would be great, right? I should go and visit because I can see how your design style changes over the two years. Yeah, it's very different. <laughs> very different. Okay, let's see. Um, busy week for both of us. And um, shared the first app experience. Let's see what do we have next coming up. Okay, so um, today... We'll talk a little bit about tech news that has been happening the past week. The mm-hmm. most notable, I think, is um, that uh, Instagram versus mm-hmm. Vine mm-hmm. has been happening for the last couple of weeks, actually. like Instagram just launched their own short video um, service. It's, and it's also part of the Instagram app. It's not really a separate app like Vine yeah. is to Twitter. It is uh, where you can post videos of 15-second length. Mm-hmm in your Instagram feed instead of the normal photographs. Uh, so what's your take on this whole short GIF wars? Not really GIFs, but short video wars. GIFs, okay. So um, I have a link that I will share later on the show notes. Uh, I actually 
uh, it's about internet trends. Uh, so they first talk about photos, which like Instagram is leading, right? Uh, so they are moving towards uh, videos. At the same time, voice. So voice is like uh, instant messaging, WhatsApp, uh, Line, or WeChat when they use voice to communicate instead of just typing. So when we go back to videos, so we can see Twitter uh, starting out with Vine. Uh, pretty interesting, six second video or creating GIF, but I don't use it. <laughs> um, Instagram, something that I use very often uh, when it comes to video. Uh, I haven't really tried it yet. Uh, it's 15 seconds. I think what they are doing is to move like what the internet trend has predicted. They are moving towards video. But personally, I would still prefer photo right now. I uh, wouldn't really move into video. But you can see that uh, bigger companies uh, like Instagram or Twitter, they are moving into uh, videos while there are a lot of many startups uh, smaller ones they are also inside the videos on my perspective competitions are getting strong and um, and I apparently lost my voice okay <laughs> um, the competitions are getting strong and um, I'm thinking smaller startups will face a bigger hurdle if they are moving towards the same space. That's what I think when I first heard uh, Instagram is launching video. But what's your take on it? Well, yes, like you said, I think uh, it's very obvious that competition is uh, happening in all these very popular spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, in the case of this, Instagram was kind of the pioneer in the social sharing of images. Um, and Vine was Twitter's answer to this in saying like, hey, we've got something innovative. We've got... Uh, more uh, more like visual video uh, you know answer to postings basically snippets of your life mm -hmm. um, personally I don't really have a use case for how to you make use of vines or uh, Instagram videos they are 6 seconds and for Instagram I think it's 15 seconds total but who knows, you know, Instagram became a hit because people love taking images of their food. Maybe now there'll be more like videos of food porn where people do like a full 360 of their uh, lunch and dinner. But we'll see. We'll see how the consumer uses it. We can never really predict. It's oh, but cool. I did... Um, sorry, you were saying? No, no. Yeah, go on. Uh, but I did find... I, I do have a use case for GIF. Uh, so... There's this particular article on, on NPR. Um, the title is How a Used Bottle Becomes a New Bottle in 6GIF. It makes the writing so much interesting. So like when you used to blog, you have a picture at the very start. And uh, you talk, uh, you share your experience and you write down your blog experience. Uh, in this article... Uh, it makes use of uh, six GIF, so it's just like reading uh, the Harry Potter newspaper. As you read down the articles, some pictures are moving, uh, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to convey what kind of information you want. Where, um, say, you're trying to create a DIY, 
project or something that requires a very complicated step, mm-hmm. it's a very good way for uh, you to communicate what kind of information that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, a couple of days ago, uh, Elaine uh, from E27 was running this BlackBerry competition, right? Mm-hmm. Where she was sort of showcase uh, cool features of the BlackBerry. And um, I thought she had a good idea in using the videos to showcase like what the feature can do because it's a process. It's not just a single picture to showcase a particular feature, right? Mm-hmm. So this is probably one of the places where having a little short GIF is a better case than having just images. Yeah. So it was a BlackBerry event? Um, it's this ongoing campaign. Um, mm-hmm. If you check out the E27's Facebook page, they have a competition now that you can win a BBQ10. So, oh. yeah, all you need to do is just share the photo and uh, talk about it. Okay. Uh, so we can find it on E27? Yep. Um, just search for E27's page on Facebook and you'll be able to find the competition. It's going on for another week, I believe. So, yeah, still have time. Just share awesome. your photos every day and you'll stand a chance to win. Free phone. Free phone. Uh, BBQ10, which uh. is a whole different discussion, but we'll get into that some other time. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll put it in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh. Okay, so uh, we were talking about competition mm-hmm. and this is one of the cases where uh, there are established companies fighting each other for control of a certain space, right? Mm. Uh, also, recently, we heard that Apple is launching iTunes Radio, which is basically a competitor to Pandora and Spotify. Um, Pandora and Spotify kind of are startups, and Apple is the big guy in the room. And honestly, what do you think about big companies coming into spaces that startups are occupying with more resources, they've got uh, better contacts or the ability to get better deals, right? How would a startup be able to fight with these kinds of juggernauts? Um, my take would be, uh, so I like to take examples. So, for example, Evernote is a very big company, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of resources, uh, resources. They have a lot of supporting apps like Sketch and all. Um, but some others, they are saying like uh, Evernote are too feature-packed. So they are going for another app, which is also note-taking, like Simple Note. So Simple Note, small startup, they have one product. Uh, so they managed to compete in the note-taking uh, space as well, despite uh, Evernote being the juggernaut in the industry. So they are very niche. They just focus on being simple and uh, just do what the app is supposed to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Evernote is doing good because I'm a big fan of it. But I'm just yes, saying Mr. that... Yes, Evernote uh, Ambassador. Yes, uh, I'm just saying if you are if you are competing in a space where big competitors are coming in, you need to be niche and you need to be very good at it. Yeah. Mm. So, honestly, the only real way to compete against someone is to be really good at one thing mm-hmm. or yes. a small amount of things, a small subset of things. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, in fact, I think we were talking about this before the show. One of the huge problems with Evernote is that it is bloated. And when they introduce features like reminders and things like that, yeah, it's very difficult to make use of it in the way that it's intended to because of all the rest of the um, baggage that comes along with it. Mm. In this case, if you want to use reminders 
of uh, Evernote reminders as a to-do list, as something that you want to use um, to remind yourself what you have to do for the day, there's a lot of um, extra details that are not really needed that come along with the whole Evernote Notes API. So I think my advice to people who are trying to find a way to break into these um, niches is to just take what you need minimize the amount of features that you use from the Evernote API and just come up with something clean. Like in this case, just use the reminders timings and the title of a note. And yeah, you know, you could come up with something that is clean and usable for people who just want a to-do list. It's a free idea from you. Yeah, so any idea. listeners taking this can take the idea and run. You just need to credit Chris for this. Uh, yeah, but if you have trouble with the Evernote API, it's not my fault. I didn't write it, so <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> okay, um, so actually that's a good point to transition to the main topic of our day. Um, mm -hmm. We want to be, or we want to talk about um, to-do lists and how they fit into our workflows as um, entrepreneurs, as developers, as designers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Brian, you have quite a lot of things to do and I think quite a lot of different um management and to-do mm -hmm. lists, right? So why don't you give us an idea of <clears throat> what your day is like and how you manage your to-do list? Okay. Um, so I love to-do list apps, right? I download lots of them. And uh, many times I work in a lot of stuff. I work in uh, like today I want to do 10 things. Eventually did not complete uh, mm. and feel really bad about it. Uh, I'm sure those productivity freaks or geeks, uh, when they usually key a lot of stuff and did not complete any of it, or most of it, they will feel bad for the day. So I started off with uh, Wonderlist. Uh, eventually, uh, because it's cross-platform, um, by stop. Now I am on Reminders, the default uh, iOS reminder app uh, because it's also on available on uh, desktop which is on Mountain Lion um, also you using Asana which I uh, shared last week so there are key two key apps that I'm using reminder and uh, Asana so, okay, so every to be clear uh, um, yeah. Asana is for work and reminders is for your general to do's oh yeah um General to-do list is using the default iOS app and uh, Asana is using uh, for work because mm. of the email feature. Okay. So every morning when I wake up after wash out everything, the first thing to do is to sit down and be clear what I want to achieve uh, that day. Each day, I will only try to achieve three things. Yeah, uh, Because personally, I feel... Uh, in a day, if you if I'm able to achieve three things, uh, I'll be pretty happy with it. If I try to squeeze in like five, seven, eight, uh, and if I only manage to do four, the rest of the four, I will feel that I'm incomplete, and um, I'll try to I'll try to do it. Then uh, the time spent will not be productive or will not be effective. So each day I'll try to do three things. Uh, that's for the reminder, which is for personal admin and stuff. If there's, I also check, spend about thirty to fifteen to thirty minutes checking on emails, any emails that comes in regarding to uh, tasks uh, that assigned to me, I will send it to Asana. 
uh, or if there is any task that I want to send it to uh, or delegate to my fellow colleagues, I also use Asana. Uh, this is how I arrange my workflow, a very clear cut between personal and uh, work. Mm. So how do you how how does it work for you as an independent developer, especially you work remotely? Okay, um, so maybe I should explain like my situation. I work with several startups, so mm-hmm. um, there are several different sources of to-dos as well as my own uh, personal to-dos. And what I do like to do is have everything in one place. Mm-hmm. So my primary to-do list manager is um, anydo, A-N-Y dot D-O. Uh, you can find this on Android iPhone as well as, as a Chrome app. The reason why I love this is uh, a couple of reasons. One, it is sort of cross-platform, but not really. There's no native app for Windows and Mac, but the Chrome app does make up for that in that I can access it um, on the desktop if I want to. Interface is not great, but it's uh, good enough for me to reference when I need to check my to-do list. Um, I'll go into more features about it later, but for my workflow, uh, what I do is at the beginning of every week, which means like Monday mornings, I will uh, plan out my entire week. I do this by assigning um, certain projects like a very uh, wide overview of what I want to do for the days. And this way allows me to see how much time or how much I can complete for each project and uh, also kind of plan like, well, how do I want to distribute my time? At the beginning of each day itself, I will spend about 15 to uh, 20 minutes, right? Just planning what I want to do for the day. And it's come to a point where I can kind of estimate how much each task would take and we'll be able to tell like, oh, can I do three or five tasks in a day? And this is the point where I enter the task into um, any do. How I usually receive tasks, um, because I'm working by myself, um, I usually have to assign the task to myself. I usually create it in any do. And if I find like, oh, you know, there's too much to do in today, the great thing about any do is that I can shift it to a category called tomorrow and then it will automatically remind me the next day that, hey, you know, you have these tasks left over. Um, you should plan for them today. Uh, also, when I receive tasks through email from, say, um, Intrax or from Vitsi or from any other um, project that I'm involved in right now, right? I liked the way that I used to use Mailbox, the app called Mailbox, to um, assign the tasks. Because you can actually like um, immediately assign, say, hey, I want to deal with this later today. I want to deal with this now or I'll deal with this uh, tomorrow or next week. And that was my workflow before I switched over to an Android. But because we don't have <laughs> Mailbox for the Android, I'm a little bit stuck in that. Um, right now, I do it manually where I just immediately put it into any do and then uh, assign it to a different day there. Yeah, so that's kind of my long convoluted workflow hope it makes sense i will probably do a blog post about it at some point so that it can be clearer to our listeners so uh so there is so i just spotted a new idea Mm -hmm. so if someone do a mailbox app on android you will actually buy it suppose it's 3.99 yes i totally would if it works well mailbox is coming to android but it is quite far down their roadmap they just launched their ipad version of their app about a week ago or two weeks ago, if I'm not wrong. And yeah, I'm kind of used that, but I don't have my iPad with me all the time. So okay. it's a little bit difficult. Yeah. 
I just received an update from uh, as in app update from Mailbox. I think they added Gmail aliases to it. Uh, yeah. yes. Yeah, on the iPhone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I saw that too on um, the iPhone, but I. I mean, I do have quite a bit of emails, but usually I just reply from one. Yeah. So the good thing is now you can just reply from your work email or your personal email, depending on what you want. Okay, because there are... Uh, I just like to touch on this. Because there are... Uh, like, like me and you, we have separate apps doing uh, different tasks, mm-hmm. uh, doing different kind of reminders. Mm-hmm. What do you think of apps like mailbox that integrates email and to-do list together meaning that uh, if I use it frequently enough uh, I can treat mailbox like my reminder and uh, I can still send all the uh, uh, emails regarding work to Asana basically I can work on one app I can ignore the iOS app uh, reminder app in this case. Mm. Uh, there are also several apps in this space that integrates email together with to-do list. Boxer is another one. Right now it's free. Uh, it allows integration. Almost everything is the same with Mailbox app, just that they allow integration with Outlook.com. So mm. what's your take on this kind of apps? Personally, I like all my uh, to-dos to be in one place. Mm-hmm. But I think it really depends on what kind of workflow you work with. If you get most of your tasks through your emails, this is the perfect situation where uh, Mailbox can immediately serve as your to-do list as well. But uh, for the most part, if you want to create a new to-do in a Mailbox app, you need to send yourself an email, which is not necessarily the the most Mm. efficient way to create a to-do. So that's what happens for me, which is why I end up like making everything flow into any do. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day so that I have one place that I can check say, to see what, what do I need to do. But at the same time, it's not the most efficient. I would um, definitely say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if there's this perfect to-do list mailbox integration app, I would so use it. Maybe I, if I enjoy I, it. <laughs> that time, I think... Um, Long time, oh no, not a night. Just I think maybe two, three weeks ago, we actually talk about to do list. Is actually, uh, so if you create a to do list and you put it into App Store, someone or anyone in the world will just simply purchase it, and they'll yes. just uh, if they, uh, they may just use it for a few months and eventually leave it there. Yeah, uh, that I was believe- your sharing, right? Yeah, I described it as the gym membership of apps because mm-hmm. you sign up for it you commit yourself to it and then two months mm-hmm. later you forget about it so yeah that's kind of it's kind of true when someone comes up with a new cool way to handle to-dos right mm-hmm. that's um, a lot of people are willing to pay to try it and if it's only a 99 cent app or a dollar I'm pretty sure you can get a good amount of people who use it yeah I would like to touch on this as well um, iOS 7 Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to jump back to that. Yep. Um, iOS 7 default uh, reminder app, in my personal opinion right now, isn't uh, as functional as the uh, iOS reminder app right now. Mm. Because they removed the features of calendar, uh, meaning... Uh, 
if you if you use iOS uh, reminder app now, there's small row, there's a tiny row which states the date, uh, like 28, 29, uh, 1st July, all this down below. So you will know, uh, you can easily set when do you want to assign the reminder to be. Mm. But in uh, iOS 7, they are all, it's pretty like, like clear. The right. yeah. it's the to do left uh, to do list app as well, mm-hmm. but they remove the calendar, which I find very important for me because I need to set uh, certain reminders uh, to remind me on certain uh, dates. Uh, for that, I think uh, it may not work well now for me for the new reminder app on iOS seven, but things may change because it's coming out in September, uh, or. Maybe I should try to set up a or create a to-do list for myself and list it like a gym membership uh, on App Store following the iOS 7. Yeah, I mean, if there's something that's missing that you really want, you mm-hmm. know, put it on. Um, I do recommend any do though because you can assign it to a different day or to like, like assign the task to some day and then you could do it then. Any do is free. Uh, Andrew is free. It's on Android and uh, iOS. So you can pick it up. Now this is interesting. So how do they make money? That is a good question. I do not know. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's... They're also coming up with a calendar app soon called um, AnyCal, I think. Okay. So I've signed up for the mailing list for that. So when it comes out, maybe I'll do a review about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I really like it. I liked it even more when I move over to Android. Um, initially, I also, I do prefer to plan out my week by putting to-do list, uh, to-do task into the days of the week or to assign it to a different, like a date, a date sometime in the future. And what I used to use was called uh, Tuzdux, T-U-X-D-E-U-X. It's like Swiss or something. I don't know how to pronounce it properly. Mm-hmm. But um, it's no longer free. It used to be free. And it was a web app and it was amazingly designed. It was very simple and allowed you to just um, enter tasks into like this weekly view. So it will show you all the days of the week in a, on your screen. And then you can just um, enter tasks into each day quite quickly and very, very easily. And it will remind you on your iPhone when it comes to those days. Yeah, so something that you can check out if you want that form of to-do. But I think it's very personal, as in the way that you do your workflow and the way that you like your to-do list depends on very much how you do your work. Yeah. You know, when I'm uh, listening to you and uh, I'm taking a sip of coffee, I feel th- I feel that I'm doing product placement for Starbucks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, so every time I take a uh, glass, then the logo will be facing this side. It's like I'm doing a product placement. Maybe we should start charging them. <laughs> I I would just settle for free coffee every day. I am so That's happy. That's an with that. idea too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So I think, uh, we'll put the links um into the show notes for the different kinds of uh, apps that we use for our to do lists. Um. Yeah. So, what were we going to talk about now? Do you want oh, to talk about? Yes. Uh, I would like to share about this uh, 3D start uh, that does 3D printing um, called Shapeify. Mm. Uh, the founder is uh, Guo Chen. Mm-hmm. He's hot desking over at uh, Block 71, plug in at Block 71 right now. So he has a service uh, for startups. Uh, 
So if you want to print your logos, uh, so Intrex print a 3D logo with him at $40. Uh, you just need to send him your logo file in uh, Illustrator and he will convert into a 3D format. I think is I just received it yesterday. It's .stl. Uh, on top of that, besides the file, you get a 3cm by 3cm uh, logo. Uh, the cost is $40 right now to uh, all the startups. Uh, this is not a sponsorship. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just saying this because I think uh, he's doing something that is pretty interesting. Uh, he's moving into the space of 3D, mm -hmm. but not actually creating the 3D printer itself, like Pyro 3D, mm. but creating a service out of it. So, uh, providing printing service using his 3D printer, that's for one. But their startup uh, main uh, objective, right, or uh, their main project is to create a software that integrates with all the 3D printers around. Very much like uh, what Intrex is doing, like we are, we are having a software that integrates with all the hardware energy monitors around. There the, is the software for all the 3D printers around. In this case, suppose if you buy MakerBot, you will not be tied to just uh, MakerBot's proprietary software. You could be using Shipify. Uh, what's the stage of uh, Quotient software development? I'm not sure. But I know they are providing the $40 soft uh, development or 3D printing service uh, right now. Yeah, they are pretty interesting. Uh, you can check out them. I will put the links into show notes. Cool. Yeah, because from what I know right now, 3D printing is very technical. You need mm -hmm. to have um, not only uh, the knowledge of how to use a 3D software like 3ds Max and Maya, but you need to uh, set up the drivers and everything, or you're stuck with the proprietary uh, software that comes with the printers. Yep. Uh, speaking of Pirate 3D, they are, I think, two days away from their um, project being done on Kickstarter, the close oh. date, right? And mm -hmm. they've hit 1.3 million. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Well done, guys. Well done. They raised... Uh, uh, they also raised... It they also raise N NRF. Um, not sure. Um, yeah, I think I forget the NRF incubator that incubated them. Mm, yeah, nice, nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, would they, uh, if they had known, if they would be so successful in Kickstarter, would they uh, actually go for the NRF and uh, give out their equity uh, in the first place? If they had known, yeah. Well, I mean. Mm, at the same time, you do have a lot of other benefits that come with the incubator, like mentorships yeah. and people yes. with experience. So yeah. um, it'll come in useful, I think, especially when they come to producing the printers themselves, like having the whole um, production line down. It's great to have someone with experience. I, I think we talked about uh, a week ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so still good. Still good to have. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not as much money now compared to the Kickstarter campaign. But um, on that note, yeah, it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and you've got all your customers already so there you go awesome yeah. uh, what else do we have do we call your close yeah I think um, we can call it 
uh, for the re- for the day. So, yeah, it's been great. Oh, so where do they can find us? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash A-N-T-T-Y-C. That's twitter.com slash antique. Uh, for me, I'm on Twitter too. You can find me at sign, uh, at L-E-E-T-U-C-K-S-I-N-G. That's my full name uh, on Twitter as well. Okay, cool. So thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week. See you. Bye-bye. And cue. Okay. <laughs>